Hello, everyone talk, everyone talk. Oh, that's, yeah, that's much louder now. Oh. <laughs> and what up, guys? It's your boy, Josh, and I am here with my other fellow Iceman, Alex. Hello. And Colin. What's up? And we're also joined by a, a reoccurring guest. His name is Charlie. You may have met him from the movie episode, Charlie. Why don't you just do another little hello? What's up? <laughs> anything, also anything, goes by uh, Chuck. Anything, Welcome back, Chuck. Yep. Anything changed in your life from the last time you were on this podcast? Um, you know, I've I've risen to immense fame since my last <laughs> appearance on the podcast. I it really it really thrust me into the yeah, into the limelight. Like, he got he like thrusted hard. We won, yeah, yeah, ten million, ten million on oh, TikTok, hundred million on Facebook. <laughs> we wouldn't have done it if we knew you couldn't handle it. But we knew you could. We knew you were ready for it. So. Yeah. Aren't you the number yeah. one most famous person on Threads? Yep. <laughs> you yep. use that platform as well. Oh, yeah. Up. Oh, yeah. Love love Threads. Big Threads guy. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Well, yeah. we are uh, we are hopping back into the podcast wave. Uh, we have been having a, a very groovy summer. Uh, we've been we've been kicking it. The past few weeks, we went to Outer Banks. Uh, literally last week. That was a... I was a, a hoot, as they say. Hoot and a holler. <laughs> and, uh, hoot and a holler. Yeah, we hope you guys have had a good summer. Um, this will be, and it is now, and it will be for the future, the first Forever. episode <laughs> of season two. We are live <gasps> for season two. Wow. Yeah, let's get some snaps in there. <laughs> we made it. We made it big time. No way. Yeah, y'all are going to hear these snaps. They are loud. <laughs> if, you, if you hear them, then DM us uh, Brick. <laughs> just brick. Uh, yeah. Um, so we wanted to kick off season two with a, a banger, and it is July 22nd, and I think you guys know what dropped on July 21st, 2023, and the it goes by Oppenheimer, and then there's also a twin, and it goes by Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to say it was just a movie, it was more of a nuke. Oh, yeah. 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 So uh, we, uh, of course, being the, the cinephiles we are, we... Invested in expensive, well, not expensive, but more than more than they should be. Cost of movie tickets uh, at the Mall of Georgia for the IMAX experience, um, and I think we can all agree it was definitely worth the money. It was uh, worth. Oh, it. easily. Yeah, yep, seventy millimeter. Yep. Oh yeah. yeah, one of only nineteen theaters in the we, country. We watched, thirty in the world. We watched second biggest in, the, in America. Yeah, that's right. Is biggest. it really? Yes. Yeah. that's yeah. cool. Uh, we found. Did you you found? Did you tell me that, Colin? Yeah, it yeah. was the biggest, and then they built a, a bigger one in, in Indiana. Dude, and I was like, Indiana should yeah, have no rights. Real. Like, they have no right to have the biggest. They should have no. They rights. don't. They don't do anything. <laughs> in Indiana. If you're from it's Indiana, a state. if you're from uh, Indiana yeah. and you're listening, uh, just comment what you do. Somewhere on their DMs, maybe probably play basketball. It's like the yeah. only thing oh, they yeah. do there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's they literally nothing but like fields and basketball hoops. <laughs> but uh, if you're nothing. from Indiana, we love you. We love you so much. Nah. <laughs> uh, nah. So, Shout out. Uh, spoiler. Once you tear down the theater, we'll like you spoiler guys. Spoiler alert: This episode will will have spoilers. So. If you uh, well, we will try not to do too many spoilers, but I think just nah. talking about the movie. We're gonna be all spoilers. Uh, I think yeah, I think well, to get the most. We're not gonna talk about like the entire plot no, of, of each movie. But to get the most, um, you know, fruitful discussion, I think it's best to just go right into. Yeah, it. oh and, yeah. And yeah, that's why I'm giving you guys a fair warning. So if you haven't seen in either of these two movies, um, 
what are you doing? Because it's it's been a month by the time we release this. Yeah. You should, if you, you should uh, watch them. If you know nothing about American <laughs> history, this Oppenheimer discussion is really going to teach you some things. So. <laughs> yeah, so we're educational as well yeah, as exactly. as well as you know mm-hmm. providing that that outlook of podcasters that we we strive to be. So mm-hmm. I um, certainly learned a lot. I don't know anything about. Oh, Oppenheimer. me too. Me too. I, I knew I knew very little about Oppenheimer. Uh, I mean, there's that book that my dad actually read the book. But I have not read it. Uh, American American Prometheus. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, but I have not read that book, and I think what we were what we were taught in school was just not correct. So it, this movie, it didn't go into as much detail for nah, sure. Yeah, they try to just give you the basic facts and then move on to yeah. more important things. But uh, it's all propaganda, anyways. Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think I think some of the things we're going to discuss. Maybe we'll talk about some of the hype, some of the build up to the yeah. movies. Uh, mm-hmm. Talk about. Sort of how the movies played out. Uh, the acting performances we're definitely going to mention, and then yeah. maybe some, some critics, maybe some outlooks oh, for the future. And uh, I think we'll close off after that. So I think uh, we are ready to kick off season two in a, in a explosive manner because we just watched a lot of explosions today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> three hours worth of explosions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two more if you count Barbie as an explosion. And then if you're counting the junk yeah. I ate today, there's another explosion yeah. in the bathroom. <laughs> that three explosions. Yeah. 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 So uh, all right, all right, y'all. Uh, who wants to? I mean, we're just gonna go off. Start off with Oppenheimer. We uh, we started the day with Oppenheimer. We ended with Barbie. So mm-hmm. I feel like we should talk about it. Um, What's the word? Chronologically. Chronologically. Thank you, Charlie. You awesome man. Uh, yeah, I figured we start off with Oppenheimer and then just see where what happens. So. Yeah, that sounds good. We can just go around and give like initial ratings. Oh uh, yeah, initial ratings. We want to do ratings first. We can do ratings first. Do one or let's do let's or we we should do ratings at the end. Let's okay. talk maybe, about it. Yeah, we can, maybe we can talk about which ones we liked more. As That's you guys right. can tell, we have no. We we try to have a structure, but we kind of just uh, yeah. just talking on the spot. Loose so. loose structure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Does anyone want to start? Give their thoughts. Um, I mean, I'm I'm leading it. I guess I should start, right? Of course. I'll just do a, a brief of what I thought. Um, so yeah, I'm Christopher Nolan is my favorite director, so I had very high expectations. Um, the trailer wasn't too revealing, so I I didn't really know all to be you know all that was gonna happen. Um, I did. I was a little I was a little upset with one of the actors that we're all gonna probably talk about this actor. <laughs> Uh, but I thought that they could have utilized uh, Florence Pugh in a better way, um, just to make her more of have more of an effect on the story and also on Oppenheimer, the main character. Um, but I really enjoyed the cinematography, the score. The score was amazing. Uh, it was literally just flashbacks of Interstellar just in my head the whole time, like on the transition scenes with like mm-hmm. the. It was showing like the city and everything, and it was just awesome. Um, and I thought the dialogue was really well written. Mm-hmm. Uh, the characters very uh, they grabbed your attention right off the bat. Uh, another like critique I had was it was a little hard to track all the characters. They had such a big cast mm-hmm. that you kind of get lost. They kind of all get lost in the shuffle. And I mean, obviously until the end when you know more about them. But definitely at the start, it was kind of just like a. Oh, who's this guy? Who's this girl? Oh, okay, they're that. And then you're like, mm-hmm. oh, they're related to that. Oh, they're like mm-hmm. in the Communist Party, whatever. But uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Not my favorite of Christopher Nolan's, but um, are we doing? We're not doing what my rating is yet, or can we just do it off the bat? I'm thinking. 
I was thinking maybe we could do it at the end, but I mean, it's yeah, up to after you. We, after we discuss, we yeah, and we can maybe say yeah. like, yeah, which one. And we'll average prefer. our rating. We'll just yeah. average all four. Yeah, we yeah, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. All right, well, yeah, that's my initial thoughts. I'm going to turn it over to Alex. Yeah, I I seriously enjoyed this movie. I think I think the theater that we were in definitely contributed to oh, how yeah, good, good yeah. this film was. I'm a sucker for, like, good sound quality. And just, <laughs> like, right off the bat when the movie so started, they just, like, threw us into, like, complete explosion and hellfire and the theater started to shake because of just like the sheer quality and like blunt force of the sound and it just it, it tingled every notch within my body i don't really know how to describe it it just yeah. sent a wave down my body because of the the quality of sound uh the storyline uh as josh said i was extremely well written mm-hmm. i think i think the Majority of it captured my attention and kept me kept me intrigued. It was a three-hour film, so like, it's hard to fill up a three-hour space without downtime. But I think I think Christopher Nolan uh, did it exceedingly well. Mm-hmm. I was I was a bit tired going into this. I hadn't had had slept <laughs> as much the night before, mm-hmm. and I was not falling asleep during the movie. I was wide awake the whole mm-hmm. time, completely like enjoying myself. I think, yeah, there was a large cast of characters, but I think a lot of them, uh, I mean, as the title of the movie says, it's named Oppenheimer. I think a lot of them were in the movie to not like only just be their own independent character, but also just either contrast or exaggerate and highlight like Oppenheimer's qualities Mm -hmm. and really give like an introspective view into his life Mm -hmm. and like everything he felt from the beginning. Of, of just creating like theories about the bomb to to working on the bomb to to yeah to having it as an mm-hmm. actual like physical object and then the dropping it and like after the after effect mm-hmm. and I think that the film captured that in its entirety extremely well um, the bomb with the build-up to it was amazing mm-hmm. the the scene like we said, there's gonna be spoilers, so I'm just gonna talk yeah. about the movie. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. The scene when the bomb was dropped, they had this like there was like a 15 minute build up just to like getting it prepared, getting mm-hmm. it situated, and creating like all this tension between having the bomb dropped, and then as soon as they dropped it, it it gave like a real life perspective of what it would be like to to witness this bomb mm-hmm. explode because the first few seconds of the shot they did it a bit a bit slow mo, mm-hmm. but they. But the first few seconds of the shot was just complete silence. Mm-hmm. Absolutely no sound besides for Oppenheimer just, just like having a steady breath. And then a few seconds passed and all of a sudden it was just boom. Yeah. The whole sheet, the yeah. whole theater shook and you yeah. completely feel the impact of the Dude, bomb. Yeah. light travels and faster than sound. Yeah. It does. Yeah. They, were, they were far Well, the away. light was off instantly. Yeah. It was yeah. just in, instant explosion. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. And, uh... I think they wrapped it up extremely well. I thought when the bomb was going to be dropped that the movie was going to come to a conclusion within like a short period of time, but they did an exceedingly well job of not just making it about the bomb, but uh, but as like like I said, like a look into Oppenheimer's life mm-hmm. and uh, everything that came with building it and dropping it and the after effects. Mm-hmm. So I thought it, I thought it was visually stunning, auto auto like. Auditorily. Yeah, auditorily, like masterful, and mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, use those I was gonna use, yeah. I was gonna drop a rating, but I don't want to. Yeah. I'll yeah. save it. I was also. Yeah. It was just about the flow. Yeah, yeah. Um, My rating may change over the course of this discussion. That's yeah. why I want. I to have a rating. Yeah, yeah. it might change. Um, yeah. 
Ah, uh, yeah. I was a huge fan of this movie. I think technically, it, it's probably his most polished movie. All around. Um, you know, just looking through, uh, the score was definitely something that stood out. Uh, Lud- Ludwig Gorenson. I had that pulled up on my yeah, phone. I was going to shout him out, too. I've got the stat pulled up. He, he's been, uh, I, uh, I had no idea. He's been yeah. composing his past few films. Uh, he did Tenet and... Um, that oh. might have actually been the only one he's he done. Did he did. He did. He yeah. also did Black Panther uh, and the Mandalorian. Oh, really? That's interesting. Oh, yeah. the Mandalorian. So yeah, has I mean, great yeah. yeah, instantly. So yeah, I mean, he's brilliant. So he's yeah, he's he, great. He has a great. He's great at like combining um, like technical stuff, like techno and like electric stuff with like actual orchestral. Mm. Sound and you hear that a lot throughout the movie. Just like re- um, reverberating and, around yeah. the, the theater. And mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all noticed too, but there were like no breaks in music throughout the entire movie. I did notice that. There, there are like maybe two instances where the music stopped completely. One of them being when the bomb dropped. Yeah. But for the most part, there was music throughout the entire thing. Yeah. But it flowed so well with the movie that like it's almost like you didn't tell. Yeah, but it was it really helped in whole, building that's tension. The, that's like yeah. the big movie trick. I mean, yeah. most movies and actually C- Christopher Nolan is known for doing that. Yeah. Like Tenet, Tenet's yeah. another movie where he plays music throughout like the entire thing. Yeah. Interstellar's pretty similar. He plays music throughout like the entire thing in the background. Yeah, you know it's really I really catch on to that. Yeah. Like anytime no, they, they weren't like speaking, like it was just like yeah. visual. Yeah, it was it was a lot of music. Yeah. It was I only remember like three times, I think, when they like it was complete silence. Yeah, you know it's good sound when you just don't notice it happening. Mm-hmm. Just kind of happens, but it built tension, so it was like good oh, in that yeah. sense yeah, too. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, great. Yeah, uh, I think uh, you know you brought up the the bomb scene. That's like everyone in the entire theater knows what's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah, but I was still like, on the edge, on the edge of my yeah. seat. Yeah. Dude, yeah. the Every, music swelling oh gosh, up dude. with like the the Just, the strings, where it's kind of like that. Like, you know, that, like, build-up, the pitch gets higher as it yeah. gets closer to the clock. Everyone's, like, nervous looking at the bomb. It was oh, scary. It, it was scary. Up. You have Josh Peck on the, on the button. Yeah, yeah. Josh, yeah. Josh, Josh Peck's character's, yeah. like, got his hand over the button it's to drop really it. He's, like, like about to press it on yeah. accident because his hand's shaking so much. And it was um, scary. Like, like you said, Lattimore, like, you don't know, like, when the sound was going to hit you. Yeah, so I remember weird. being, like, oh, my God, like, in my seat tensed up, like, <laughs> when is it going to hit? When is it going to hit? It was, oh, it was brilliant. Like a wave in the movie, it was yeah. like a wave in the theater. Yeah, you could feel, yeah. You could feel the, yeah. the, the wave of the explosion. And then like the wind that like got swept through the yeah. like, on great. the screen. I actually yeah. kind of felt a little bit of the wind. <laughs> really good. Yeah, the uh, it was 4D. Cinematography. Um, <laughs> cinematographer was Hoyt Hoyt Van Hoytema. He's another guy. He's brought in. He did Interstellar, Dunkirk, and Tenet. Uh, so I feel like they've just kind of gotten it down to a science. He's got he's got like the Avengers uh, on his team. Yeah, he's just <laughs> he's got, got, a he's team got the Infinity Stones <laughs> that he <laughs> loves to put no, together. He's got um, the same group of guys. Uh, Matt Damon too. Oh, his yeah, actors are the awesome. same way. He has specific <laughs> actors he loves to put in. And I think that you know they work so well together. The cast, I mean, that you can't find a single bad performance in this movie. There's no. definitely underused. Well, I don't think I don't think there's a bad well, performance. I think there's underused. Actors, but I don't think anyone yeah. had a bad. I agree with that. I don't know, man. Like, I feel like that. <laughs> Einstein, man. You thought like, Einstein was bad? I just couldn't take him seriously. It's not that it wasn't oh, bad. I thought, he was, like, I thought he was good. Yeah, he wasn't, um, it wasn't bad. Yeah. I just kept looking at him, just laughing. Yeah, I agree. I was literally laughing when I was watching him. Yeah, <laughs> he was a little Yeah, but I, that, that was, was the whole goofy. purpose. That's how they like wrote goofy. him. Yeah. Because he was. He was older at this point too, and like like you mentioned was in the movie, this, this was past his prime. Yeah, but you know? was he that like weird when he was that old in real life? 
<laughs> I mean, from the two times I've met him, I yeah, a big like like. Main, like one of the main reasons for like the black and white and the color in the film is is that the black and white sections are mostly like from record, like stuff that's been recorded, and also like I guess it's supposed to be like Robert Downey Jr.'s character's yeah. perspective, and then the stuff in color is like what Oppenheimer is seeing, and he's describing early on yeah. in the movie that Einstein's like in the past, yeah, like he's past his prime, he's had his time. Mm-hmm. It's not about him anymore, and like you can sort of see that in the way that he's like addressed in the film. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. he's, he's a very like small a part, and yeah. he's like Oppenheimer comes to him once or twice for some advice, but he doesn't want him to come help him. Yeah, um, so I think that's why he's like shown the way he is. Even yeah. Einstein was like kind of passing on the torch to Oppenheimer. Yeah, because yeah. he was kind of like like. I've done my work. Dude, oh, and now no. it's now it's yeah. you. Some of the ways he just appeared in some of those shots, it was just like Well that's not performance though. That's just the way it was written. No, not perform yeah, just the way he was written as a character. I just I, I, I just, just feel about like, felt mm-hmm. yeah. dude. He was just like a guiding a guiding soul. Yeah, I'll I'll <laughs> yeah. briefly bring up my one critique and then uh, Charlie can uh, Charlie can give his thoughts. I do think that um that Florence Pugh's character was definitely underused. Yeah. Um yeah. She, um, I, you could take her entire portion of the film out, and the film would be just as good, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, if people have like looked online, you'll see that there are there's some sex scenes in the movie. It's not 15 minutes. Yeah. Like that, that was, was, that was last minute. I got so excited. I was so excited to see it. <laughs> it and then it was like it was like it was like a minute. minute. It's like one so, yeah. minute. Yeah, yeah but a couple, um, a couple minutes. There's this one. Scene. I don't even know if I can say it's a sex scene. You know. Well, okay, yeah. kind of, kind of. There's yeah. So there's there too. Yeah, yeah. There's a famous quote that that Robert Oppenheimer got from Sanskrit. Yeah, and it, it's used multiple times in the movie. But you know, he says, "I have become death, destroyer of worlds." And you, I kind of figured he was going to say it at some point in the movie. The the way <laughs> they bring it into the film. <laughs> Florence Pugh is like nude in his room and she pulls out a book and like shows it to his face and then they're like <laughs> having sex and she's like read the book and he says the line and that was maybe my one I, I, I started like audibly one. laughing in the theater yeah, dude, there's no, <laughs> no way one took happened. that seriously yeah, there's no way yeah. that just happened no one took that seriously um, yeah. That's probably my one complaint. That that portion yeah. definitely took me out of the movie a bit. Yeah. I was sort of like waiting for that to get over with so we can move on to like, to like the, the box stuff. The actual yeah. movie. Because yeah. she just um, did not really play a role I in agree. his life at all. I agree. Really um, not. Yeah. Those are my thoughts. Maybe she more maybe she did more in real life, but in that movie it just was not depicted very well. Um Yeah. I mean, really just it was just done so poorly, I feel like. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I mean, y'all highlighted on a lot of big things we're gonna, that I, that I agree we're with. We're gonna keep. I mean, we're gonna keep talking about. Stuff. I think once you yeah, no, no, I know. Just start bouncing off. No, I know, and and, yeah. and and that's what I'm saying. Like, I agree with y'all on 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 a lot of everything. You know, this movie was phenomenal in many aspects. Um, even though it was titled Oppenheimer and centered around Killian Murphy playing Oppenheimer, I think that this story was more than just that, and it was a lot of it was. The duality of going between Oppenheimer and then also Louis Strauss. And in order for that to work and in order for that to be a good movie, you had to have two phenomenal performances and both Killian Murphy and Robert Downey Jr. were phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, Downey Jr., I would argue, you know, run away. I mean, I know we'll get into Barbie later with Ryan Gosling, but his performance as Best Supporting Actor was phenomenal. 
And one thing that I really appreciated at the beginning and where I kind of dis I disagree with you on a certain extent as to why some was in color, some was black and white. To me, the color scenes were everything to do with Oppenheimer. If you, if you remember at the beginning of the movie, one of the first scenes that you see Oppenheimer, they put up a title card and it's one fission. And I think, mm -hmm. and then they, they go to black and white and it shows Robert Downey Jr.'s Strauss and it says two fusion. And I think there's a multitude of ways you can interpret that. But I noticed that to start and I was trying to like, I kept that in my head and I was trying to pick up on things that happened in the movie that like related to that. Mm -hmm. One obvious thing is that with regards to fission and fusion, if you look up the difference, fission is what goes into an atomic bomb. Fusion is what goes into a hydrogen bomb, which makes sense regarding the characters because Oppenheimer develops the atomic bomb and throughout the movie, he interacts with Edward Teller. But throughout the movie, Oppenheimer is opposed to him making the hydrogen bomb because, as he mentions, it, the destruction is greater and there's no real need for it in the war um, because, you know, Japan is already sort of on the losing side. So that's why he's associated with fission. But then Strauss is associated with fusion because he was pushing for the use of nuclear arms. That's the whole thing. And the whole reason why he kind of ends up being the antagonist because Oppenheimer is speaking out against nuclear weapons, yeah. but he is for them and he wants the hydrogen bomb to be developed. And I'm not like well-versed in this historically, but I would assume that he had a lot to do with Teller developing the hydrogen bomb like eventually throughout time. Yeah. Um, and then another sort of like thing, like I, I looked up the, the definitions on Google just to get them exactly right. Um, but one thing that I kind of associated with them too is, you know, fission, you know, it's you're, you're breaking like atoms, right? And you can kind of relate that to like Oppenheimer's character in a sense where throughout the movie, he kind of devolves, it seems like, and like his character is kind of broken apart. And then by the end, when they drop the bomb, he's sort of like, oh, shoot, like we really made a mistake. Yeah. And you can kind of associate that with fission, whereas fusion, it has to do with like nuclei like combining. And I don't know, maybe that like sort of conflict kind of goes with regard to like Strauss and his sort of dividing nature and character yeah, and like mentally um, Oppenheimer was just yeah apart. yeah and like yeah it was just so that was one big thing like one detail I noticed that I tried to follow throughout the movie and I thought was really interesting um so that's why I thought like Oppenheimer's were in color because it was related to him whereas Strauss's was black and white right okay um more so because like Oppenheimer testifies and I'm pretty sure it's in color those scenes which would yeah. have been like on the record per se. That's true. So that's that, that, true, that's, yeah. that's my opinion. Wait, what did you say? I thought you said the same. The same. I was saying that the black and white scenes were stuff that were taken from like historical record that were like one hundred percent factual, and the yeah. color was like, like from his like head. Did Christopher yeah. Nolan ever say what, like? Did he confirm what they were? Or is it just up to interpretation? I had thought that I had read before the movie came out. He said the black and white was objective. The color was subjective okay yeah. well that's true because also the 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 trials that Oppenheimer went through were very subjective they were, and they were very they were. biased against him and designed for him to fail so you're right that could that's have true. been just that could have been just you know played up for the movie yeah and we don't know for sure that's just how I interpreted it I mean I like how there's multiple ways to interpret it yeah it makes yeah. it a lot yeah. more enjoyable to watch well, it makes yeah. sense because they don't have like a, a a, 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 an objective recount of like his personal life, you know. Yeah, yeah. So then they, they kind of have to like subjectify his personal life. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. I um, think both points of view make sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
One one other detail that I um I was kind of talking to Josh about a little after the movie that I thought was a bit of foreshadowing with regards to Strauss's oh, character yeah. was um how one of the first times Oppenheimer and him or the first time they interact, um I believe I, I don't remember exactly how the conversation goes, but basically Oppenheimer mispronounces his name, his last name. And Strauss makes a joke like, oh, I don't, I, I believe he says Strauss. And again, I could have it backwards, but Strauss ends up saying that, oh, I don't go by that name. You know, people just assume it's Strauss. <laughs> um, and I think that that sort of is a bit of foreshadowing for his character and like sort of his snaky nature where it's like he doesn't kind of accept like himself in a sense. Like he doesn't accept like his heritage. He's more like wishy-washy and kind of wants to appeal to other people. And that's how it seems like throughout the end, like when he's appealing to the Senate committee to try and get the cabinet position. So I thought that that was kind of some cool foreshadowing. It also could just be a foreshadowing of like their general disagreement on things. Yeah. Like they're just, they just yeah. don't get along. Yeah. Right. Cause he could have, I mean, he probably says that to a lot of people, but he only included that. They only included that part of him saying it to Oppenheimer, mm -hmm. which makes me think they just don't really have a lot of things in common or they're just not the right like connection of people yeah and so that could just also be it but yeah, yeah that that dude that, you caught some things that just com went completely over my head i really i was really <laughs> trying too. to pay attention <laughs> like i was i that, was really the intro locked in with fusion and fission i just forgot yeah. that i mean there's three I, hours i've never seen the words but i couldn't I, yeah i saw them. i love movie. i love like when when directors specifically use like title cards to kind of like designate like chapters in a movie, Wes and Anderson. that's kind of how we did it. Yeah, Wes Anderson, <laughs> Tarantino's famous yeah, for doing Tarantino, that, yeah. like Inglorious Bastards and uh -huh. stuff. So I love that aspect of movies. So when I saw that, I was like, "Oh shoot, like that's sick." I'm gonna pick on <laughs> pick onto it, and then it kind of makes sense why it's like lined up like that yeah. in the end. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and then one other thing, I will, I'll play devil's advocate in this too. Uh, I know that y'all were saying how you know y'all weren't biggest fans of Florence Pugh's character. I wasn't a huge fan of hers either. Like, I'd probably say she was like my least favorite. But to the defense of her character, I think that um, it really went to it, it went to building up Oppenheimer's character and his sort of divisive nature. Like you were saying, Lattimore, how the whole movie is kind of centered around Oppenheimer, and a lot of the characters are ultimately just like you know showing different sides of him, almost with his interactions. Mm -hmm. I think that his interactions with her, it showed that, like, he was in love with her, like, the entire time until she, like, you know, ended up killing herself. Um, and that, you know, that left him heartbroken. And it also left him conflicted and kind of mentally in sort of a bad state and kind of led him into, like, mentally, like, spiraling towards the end of the movie when, you know, the bomb drops and stuff. So that's why I think, like, her purpose was, mm -hmm. even though, like, again... I agree. The the Sanskrit thing was really weird. I don't know why they did that. <laughs> that was that was weird and like yeah. But and and I I think she could have used, been used a bit better. But I wanted to like get that point out in like favor of her. No, you know, yeah. to play like devil's advocate. And, you know? I, I was I respect that, but I, I still feel like if that was supposed to be such like an impactful character, then they should have developed that romance more because. I didn't feel any of the romantic yeah. ten tension between those two. There was like no no background to them. Like oh, there was yeah. really nothing that yeah. that kind oh of like God. that's was like okay. I can see why these guys are like so in love. That's She's fair. just like don't, don't, don't bring me flowers. Don't bring me flowers. Yeah, yeah. That, was, yeah. Yeah, that was out of nowhere. Yeah, she was kind of like she was toxic. She was kind of toxic. Oh, she she was. Was. She's like 
you have to you have to have sex with me right now. Yeah. Yeah, she'd give him like booty calls. That was about it. Yeah. And talk afterwards. Yeah. Weird, man. That was weird. Honestly though, like my least favorite character wasn't even her. Really? It was Kitty, man. I did not like Kitty at all, dude. I don't like She was awesome. I thought she was such a pain in the ass. Like like, I don't think it was that big a deal. She redeems herself at the end, but dude, throughout ninety Probably 80% of the movie, dude. I just I just disliked every time she was on this. Really? I, I agree. The only redeeming <laughs> quality she had was being stern in that interview. Every, yeah, every, every other every other period in the movie, she was just like, Oppenheimer, you're a pussy. The part that pissed me yeah. off the most was when they had their child and that he is always busy at work and she'd like he would come home that one day and she was just drinking liquor yeah. and the child was crying like, dude, get out. Bro. Her but, character like, trait was a raging alcoholic. <laughs> I do yeah. not have any respect for that uh, at all. Again, devil's advocate though, it could have been like mentally taxing, you know, on her just having to stay home and like be sort of forced to watch the, the kid. And, you know, I know like, especially that's back what, that's then, that's sort of the though. stereotype. And that's fair, but that's also really like what you sign up just for. well, just because that's a stereotype back then doesn't mean that she had to be like okay with it, you know. And like you could tell the first time we met her that she was sort of like a free spirit and like didn't like to be held down in a cage. So it makes sense why she would do why she was doing that. And like, I mean, by no means am I dude, like counter- saying that that's good, but nah, that's dude, just, but to counter yeah. that, she's been through like three or four husbands before Oppenheimer. What do you think happened in those marriages? I mean. Well, she but, probably had similar personality traits and things just probably went to shit. Yeah, no, and, and that's why I think she was, like, drinking during that. Yeah. Like, that, that, that gave evidence and it, and it, like, made sense. And also, she could have left Oppenheimer if she was really that unhappy, but she stuck by his side. And even though she was kind of annoying and, like, calling Oppenheimer, like, a bitch for not really fighting, like, she ultimately stuck by his side and then gave one of the best testimonies in the end. I also am a big fan of Emily Blunt, but, and like, I thought she did a good yeah, performance. Okay, uh, no, no, the acting was great, but like the way that I don't know, I feel like she didn't really have and like she always was calling him like a pussy and everything. But yeah. Oppenheimer didn't really adapt to what she was saying. He would just kind of go on his own. Like yeah. during the tribunal, he just relayed all of his thoughts to the uh, I don't know, like the people, in the court. I guess mm-hmm. not really a court, but but yeah, I feel like she just the didn't, committee, the yeah, committee. the committee. That's right. I feel like she just didn't have that much of an impact on just what Oppenheimer was doing on the daily. I don't know. Yeah. Again, I think I think both of those love interests should, should have just been fledged out like just a little <laughs> no, bit no, more. No, yeah. Just a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. Because like Emily Blunt to me was just the raging alcoholic that would just call <laughs> Oppenheimer a bitch and, and Florence Pugh was just the barely toxic, the toxic ex. Yeah, she was the toxic yeah. ex. She was supposed to be communist, but that didn't even really like add up no, much. She yeah. was just There's like she was just called that. communist, but yeah. she didn't do anything with it. Yeah, yeah. There's no evidence of that at all. I feel like it, at the end, it, it sort of came down to. I mean, Christopher Nolan has never really been known to write romance in his movies. I guess aside yeah. from like in Inception. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's like whole relationship with like his wife and his family is a big portion of that movie, but he doesn't really he doesn't really portray that well in his movies. And I feel like he just maybe I could be wrong. Maybe it was one of his favorite parts to put in the movie. I feel like hmm. maybe he just felt obligated to put that portion of his life in the film because he was happened. making it yeah. about his life. I think there's no question. More of the focus of the film is about the bomb. 
and, and how that impacted psyche. If that's psyche. the case, man, mm-hmm. then that scene where, um, where they're like photoshopped into the, the <clears throat> tribunal and Kitty's just looking at them naked. Yeah. That dude, no, nah. He meant like he wanted. Yeah, he he wanted enough. that to be that's powerful because yeah, yeah, it was. It, it, yeah, you, can't, you can't just be that bold <laughs> and put that in the middle of the movie. Yeah. At first, it was jarring, but when we talked about it in the car on the way back, like it makes sense because it, it's supposed to be jarring. You're supposed to be like, whoa, like what the fuck? And it, and you're kind of getting that realization with Kitty, like, wow, like they were really like he was like really like in love with her and really yeah. had strong feelings for her. And that was kind of emphasized yeah. by that, as jarring as it was. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one other thing I wanted to, one one other thought that I had that I wanted to get y'all's thoughts on without getting too deep, you know, into politically things is that like I definitely think after watching this movie that we probably made a mistake in, in dropping the bomb oh, on, I in general. Agree. Like, yeah. I, I don't really... After seeing Oppenheimer's reaction, that, the guy who literally the point of the movie. developed <laughs> it, I, I, I like, it, it, there was only more harm done than, than good. And, you know, I know it's a really divisive topic. I've been, th- I've, you know, been divided on it, but I think that this movie's, like, staunchly put me on the side of, like, we, we shouldn't have done that. And it's, it probably caused more harm than good overall. Well, I think for one, the movie was like, I think that was what it was all trying to portray. So I think it was like trying to lean you towards that side. Two, I think like, I don't think like atomic bombs are good. Mm -hmm. But then three, I think it's inevitable. At some point, like it, the arms race is like, you can't, like America can't take just a, like a reactionary side to developing the the the, the, the most yeah. harmful weapon because they're gonna <laughs> yeah. need it in like in arms like arms negotiations. So I think it's almost inevitable. I mean, they p- portrayed like in the movie where like, there were scenes where, like we have to get this bomb created because like the Soviets have info, yeah. like the Nazis have info, and I think with without creating that bomb, there would be there would be no way to to have like an arms talk. Because if the Nazis had it, they'd probably just drop it. Especially if they knew we didn't, we weren't at the same like level as them. They just be yeah. like, okay, let's take over the world. Soviets do. They probably they probably do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. They'd be a bit more sly about it, but they do the yeah, same thing. I mean, yeah. so I think I think for one, maybe in terms of like dropping it, I don't think they needed to drop two nukes. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. The first nuke could definitely be debated. Yeah. But the second nuke, I definitely don't think needed to be dropped because yeah. they already demonstrated their power. Yeah. But yeah. but I think it is inevitable that nukes would be created, and it's it's such a tough situation. I think ultimately that we can, the 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 only <clears throat> thing we can do now is just look at it and say like never again. Like yeah. we we really there there should be no you know unless you know God forbid something awful happens on a global scale you know we should not need to use any sort of bombs in the future yeah. and yeah, you know. I mean, that's the yeah. That's the hope, and that's the whole. That's the whole reason why you know history is like so important in our daily lives because we see things like this happen and see the pain and suffering that it caused. You know, a nation and let's and not let history repeat itself. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think uh, like yeah, the movie definitely was trying to sway every viewer to the uh, side of you think? no, no more <laughs> nuclear warfare. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean the ending but, was. Like that left me. The, that left me shook, man. One of the main reasons why. why they dropped the bomb was be, like one of the reasons why they were for it was because it would hypothetically save more lives because mm-hmm. the war could have gone on for a lot longer than they. Than it could have, yeah. And but yeah, that is like one of the 
one of the other like outlooks, I guess you can say. But yeah, it, it's rough. I'm glad that we didn't get any live any any uh, reenactments of the Hiroshima Nagasaki's out to ruin the movie. I'm glad Holy we weren't. Shit. I'm glad we <laughs> were so in charge. Interesting. Yeah. I do want to briefly bring up. We were at um, after the movie. I saw this tweet, and this reporter basically said that they thought that the fact that the film did not depict the actual bombings happening, <laughs> it's going to lose out on winning Oscars. Because oh my God. they Idiots, felt that they, it, it didn't correctly display the impact of the bombs. I completely disagree so with false. that. Like yeah. The whole point of the movie, one, was that it's from Oppenheimer's perspective. So the whole point is that you're supposed to see that he created the bomb and then it's completely out of his hands. Yeah, and he regrets it. Exactly. And then also there's the whole scene where he goes into the rally and this movie almost becomes sort of a horror film <laughs> where you know yeah. people's faces are getting burned and he's like stepping in ashen yeah. bodies yeah. and you're yeah. screaming. Yeah. Uh, and I thought and that like was white. Like the yeah. is like blinding. I thought that was like was, a perfect representation was, of the horror. He was almost He was almost experiencing hallucinations yeah. just from yeah. just the sheer trauma that he yeah. experienced. Yeah. Yeah. I did also uh, want to bring up um, the ending and just wait, like, let me can I talk about one thing before the ending real quick? Yeah, sure. While we're on the topic of like morality, basically, uh-huh. um, there's one point in the film where Truman invited Oppenheimer just to like, I guess, thank him and just talk with him about mm-hmm. like it was after the bombs were dropped, so Oppenheimer was not feeling the greatest about yeah. his decisions. Um, but yeah, they had a talk, and basically, Oppenheimer said that he has blood on his hands, like, he killed all those people, and then Truman's like, no, how dare you say that? I'm the one that made this decision. Like, you did nothing but make the bomb. I'm the one that delivered the bomb. And I thought that was interesting because, like, I don't know about you guys, but if I was in that situation as Oppenheimer, I would feel so much like I had that responsibility. Like, I was was the one that killed all those people. I don't know about you guys, but that's just what I thought. It's it's equally, for sure. Because, like, ultimately it goes hand in hand. Oppenheimer made it. Truman... Senate. But it's different between... He literally invented it. It yeah. was not even thought of. Yeah. Like, I mean, they were working on things similar like that, but all those phys- phys- physicists, they had all banded together around the world to start like talking about that stuff. Like He had gone to Germany, mm-hmm. and German scientists had just traveled around the world. But like that was not even... A, that wasn't even up for debate like 20, 30 years ago. I mean, they yeah. were talking about theories and stuff, but mm-hmm. to actually put that into existence... I think that was just what made him just completely break down because he was yeah. like, oh, man, this can just end the world, like literally yeah. end the world. Yeah. And Gary Oldman was phenomenal. I mean, he was in yeah. the movie for like <laughs> two minutes. Two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> him, him, Casey Affleck, too, was in the movie for like two minutes as General Parth. He was great, too. Yeah. All the, the entire cast, top to bottom, again. Like yeah, we, it we was great. About. It was just insane. It was great. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, the ending, um, hmm. throughout, like, throughout the movie, Einstein's main role is that he comes to Einstein with, um, this, like, potential, um, theory that before they develop the bomb, it's a possibility that the create, like, when the nuclear bomb goes off, it creates a chain reaction in the atmosphere and just engulfs the whole earth in explosions and the whole yeah, world ends. Mm. I almost forgot about that. And so, yeah, like, yeah. it's a whole plot point. It's like, oh, it's, like, next to zero. Yeah. Like, it's not going to happen. And then at the end of the film, um, Oppenheimer, like, reapproaches 
Einstein. You see the conversation earlier in the movie, mm. but you don't hear what he says. It's from it's from Strauss's perspective. Yeah, and that's another. That's you know that's a whole other important plot point yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Uh, but you know, essentially, he's like Einstein's like what ended up happening with that you know idea of um, you know the chain reaction like engulfing Earth and and Oppenheimer's like I think it happened. I think I made the chain reaction, and then you yeah. basically see his vision that. He believes he's just created the apocalypse. Yeah. Essentially. I mean, he created like a new world. Yeah. When yeah. Which is when just like, that big of, a, oh, of man. an invention. That really leaves yeah. you shaken. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and, and Albert Einstein is visibly shook too. Yeah. Like again, again, that conversation was so important on so many levels. Yeah. It, and it completely, like, it's like all of half the movie's plies. Yeah. And because, because, because Einstein walks away and he's visibly shaken and then he bumps into Strauss who thinks that they were talking about him. Yeah. And that sets Strauss on the path to destroy Oppenheimer. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's just like. So important on so many levels, mm-hmm. and, a, and a, so perfect, a perfect, yeah. a perfect way to end it. Yeah. Like, it was a perfect way to end it, just with his face and like his eyes closing. It was just like, yeah, all that was all was we needed brilliant. to see. Yeah, do we want to give scores? Oh, yeah. I mean, ratings. I think we give ratings. Uh, I you guess, started. I us. guess I'm starting this off, guys. Uh, I don't know if you guys are gonna have higher or lower. I, I start. I think I like right after I came out of the theaters, I was sitting at like a high eight, like eight point seven, eight point eight. But man, I, I've had the whole day to think about the movie, and every time I just sit down and think about it, there's more and more like different like yeah. plot, like different like subplots that Dude, I remember yeah. and I appreciate more. And I think it just ties together com- like com- fully, completely well. Uh, still, I don't like rate this as his best film, as Nolan's best film, but I think I'm gonna sit at a nine point three rating. Right. Just a pretty pretty solid. That's I gave, a very good score. I gave yeah. it a uh, I gave it a four and a half on Letterboxd. I couldn't commit to a five. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. just not not a perfect movie in my yeah. eyes, but very very good. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, uh, I think I stated why why I enjoyed it so much earlier, but uh, I'm just gonna give my score. I, I thought it was a nine and a nine point five. Oh, there we go. That's yeah. high, man. Visually yeah. stunning. The yeah. story was immersive, yeah. and I think honestly, just like discussing it, like. Here and like earlier yeah. today when we were in the mall and kind of just like talking about it after it, I think it also like threw me into the movie more and like pointed <laughs> yeah. out different plot points that I yeah. didn't see. So so I give it a nine nine point five. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go nine point five as well. I wow. think it's nearly perfect. Yeah, um, and I mean I, it's I, I feel like even the po- parts we complained about are sort of nitpicks. Yeah. to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but that's I still, what we do, man. That's yeah. what we do. I, I just I love the movie. Yeah, nine point five. Yeah, I'm sitting at like a nine nine four. Yeah. I'll, be, I'll be a little I'm different. The lowest one, yeah. But 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 again, like like I part of the beauty and part of why I'm rating it so high is because like when we've talked about it, it's just like aged better and better. Yeah, and we were talking about yeah. it, and like how our different perspectives, like watching it, kind of influenced like how we like all interpreted things, and I think that's a sign of a great movie. Oh yeah. Um, well, I think uh, I'm gonna record the first ever official Arctic Circle average movie rating. Oh! <laughs> it is a nine point four three. Woo! That's a good that's score. That is. That's we'll really good. That's, yeah, that's really we'll good. Barbie yeah. does. All right. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Barbie. Let's go backwards that. this time. Let's backwards. Let's, that. let's transition into Barbie. Yeah. Initial thoughts. 
Barbie was great. It was a lot of fun. Um, Let's talk about Barbenheimer first. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, Barbenheimer, yeah, we we had like an hour and a half break in between the the two. So, we got out of Oppenheimer. We, uh... We went, we had lunch, we, we, we shopped a little bit and like kind of all like mentally recuperated <laughs> from, from what we had just seen in Oppenheimer. And That's then, what Von uh, Moore was for. Yeah, yeah, Von Moore, yeah. Moore. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and then, yeah, we, we, we found our way into Barbie. Um, not 70 millimeters, so it was weird. <laughs> it was so oh weird. It was God. weird. The screen was so small and we were also like kind of far back in the theater. theater. It was a huge yeah, we were, theater. Yeah, we were row S. We were row S, so we weren't even the last row. No, you yeah. weren't. Um, and, like, it was a good, pretty good seat, but also coming straight from Oppenheimer, it felt like we were, like, miles away from the screen. And it, was like, <laughs> it was, like, a fourth of the size yeah. of Oppenheimer. Like, it yeah. was just, like, a fourth of the corner out <laughs> yeah. of the IMAX theater we were in. There were a bunch of groups with, like, custom-made Barbenheimer shirts. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was wild, man. A lot the of Barbie of, merch. Yeah, dude, and a, no, lot of, a lot of pink. There's a lot of pink in that and, and And one thing, too, Regal, Regal Cinema, Mall of Georgia, was trying to screw us over by... Like, they, they, the movie started and the lights were on. They didn't yeah, show they the, lights the lights until, yeah. like, the credits were, like, halfway done. Like, the opening credits were halfway done. I saw some guy and, walk out of the theater. He must have gone and, like, told yeah. someone, like, please turn off the lights. Yeah, yeah and instead of them dimming, they just, like, went off, like, immediately. <laughs> yeah. and, and people were talking, like, too, because I don't think people realized that, like, this was the actual movie yeah, starting. Because there, there, there were no previews there were either. No previews, yeah. yeah, so that was, that was like, an interesting start to the movie. Yeah. Um, but overall, it was, it was really fun. It was a very different yeah. movie. It had different intentions, different goals. Yeah. Coming yeah. out of it originally, I thought like, okay, like this is exactly what I was anticipating it being. But then the more we talked about it on the way back from the, the game, um, it, it it subverted expectations. Yeah. Um, I definitely think that Barbie's relationship with her human companion, you know, I thought, I assumed that it would have been a girl and it ended up being the mom. I thought that that was cool. Um, I wasn't expecting the things with Ken when, with Ken to sort of bring back this patriar- patriarchy uh, <laughs> ideology back to Barbie land. I wasn't expecting that to happen. <laughs> so weird. Um, and, and I was expecting it more to be like, you know, Barbie goes to the real world, learns a lesson, like blah, blah, blah. But they, they really interacted a lot more in Barbie land than I thought they would. Yeah. Um, and I really appreciated that and that I wasn't expecting it. So, um, yeah. And, and again, like, you know, the cast was great. Ryan Gosling, his performance was awesome. Margot Robbie. I mean, she, she is my Barbie. She's my Barbie, dude. Um, oh, and nice, then, dude. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then, um, Simu Liu, um, uh, Michael Sarah, his character was so <laughs> funny. Michael Sarah was great. Kate McKinnon was funny. Yeah, America Ferrera was McKinnon, good. Dude. Kate McKinnon yeah. was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Was weird Barbie. And and all in all, <laughs> awesome, all in she all, was she was just doing the splits the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like but it was it was like a too. perfect metaphor. Like and everybody started that like doll or toy. I love SNL. You know, like, you I couldn't stop thinking of SNL whenever she appeared. It was it was so yeah. And I definitely think that it was a it was a good satire like. I think that at times it was a little too much in your face of like, like, boom, like this is like, this is social commentary, like, boom, like where, where they'd like explain it. So I think that was a little too much, a little too much in your face, but for the most part, I thought it was really funny and done pretty well. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I had I had a really great time watching it. I had a smile on my face mm-hmm. pretty much the whole time. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like you said, like I'd say for the most part, you get what you what you want with the trailers. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you like, if you're expecting like a goofy, like fun movie that's also pretty smart, that's exactly what you get. Like the whole, you know, there's a whole sequence in in Barbie Land at the start, and it's just like. It's all just like stupid, dumb jokes. Ken's Ken's job yeah. is beach. Yeah. That's just what he does. All in this beach, and um, and like you know, you could see that it's like the whole point is that it's like all all the dolls are being like played with by a girl. So like yeah. you know, they don't they don't walk out of their houses. They just fall off their roofs because the child's just picking them up and putting yeah. them down. I thought yeah. that was cool. Yeah, um, yeah, was yeah Ryan Gosling, like literally every time. Every time, like he, he had something to do, he, never, he was hilarious. Dude, he's never put up a bad performance. <laughs> yeah, I, swear. Um, I think yeah, it was very, it was very cleverly written. I do think I agree with Charlie. Sometimes it was a bit too on the nose, where it was like it was like too like too satirical. Yeah, like too far. Like you know, they break the fourth wall a lot yeah. in the movie, and it's just like okay, we get it, which is funny like, yeah. sometimes. But sometimes it's like okay, yeah, like, yeah. no. But I loved it. Um, the music, cringe. the music was pretty good. Yeah, I, I liked, I liked a lot of the the soundtrack. Um, a lot of dance numbers, which were just like the Kens, all the Kens <laughs> dancing. The yeah. original Ryan Gosling Ken song is great. So we listened good. to it on the way. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah, we were. We listened to that. And Dua Lipa. Dua Lipa song. Dua Lipa song. Yeah, and the Ice Spice Nicki Minaj song. Like, oh, Nicki yeah. Minaj spits in that song. Like, <laughs> she, like, she, she, she raps. Still, she raps really um, well in that song. And uh, the one thing I was like, I love movies that get like kind of existential, and it, it does. That was the one thing I was hoping for going in, and they get like they get into like what it means to be like human and what it yeah. means to like be alive. Yeah. yeah, I figured they were gonna. Do I, that. I loved yeah. that. I really yeah, did. yeah, um, yeah. I had a good time. Yeah, I I also enjoyed Barbie. I loved the the, the comedic value that it brought. Mm-hmm. I think I think honestly, like counteracting your points, I think the the satire or like the satirical parts. They, there were a lot of them, but I don't think they went too far. I think Barbie was a very easy movie to kind of mess up, make cringy, just oh, like yeah. have the comedy fail. Yeah. And I was laughing the whole time. Yeah. Like they were able to maintain my attention, maintain like good humor, kept me laughing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like part of the storyline. I mean, I think it's also the actors that, that brought that comedy to life. I don't think mm-hmm. it would have been the same without them. But I, I personally don't think it, it, it flopped in, in really any parts. I thought mm. it's like it's a Barbie movie, so it's kind of meant to be like bad in like a in like a good. It's meant way. to be cringy. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's meant to be cringy. Yeah. yeah, and and I think they did that really well. I had not watched the trailer going into it, so I had no <laughs> yeah. idea what to yeah. expect. I, like, I have to ask, the, what did you like when the movie was starting? What did you think it was gonna go? I had no idea. I was just there we, witnessing it. We were at the food court after Oppenheimer. We, we were talking about the Barbie movie and. You, I think one of us asked Alex, like, do you even know who's Barbie? And you were like, uh, is it, is it Margot Robbie? Yeah. Well, you didn't know that Ryan Gosling was in the movie at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no, no. Not, not until you guys sure. told me. Yeah. Like I said, I had known nothing. Even the same with Oppenheimer. Like, I yeah. didn't, I knew nothing going into it. Mm-hmm. I kind of preferred it that way. I just get to, like, witness it unfold in front yeah. of me. Yeah. So I'd, I, I, like, It's a fun way to watch movies for sure. <laughs> yeah. Everything is kind of, like, out of the blue. It keeps me on my toes. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I don't think I don't think the Barbie movie had any any like failures to it. I think the 
the cringy value can can be overlooked, but at the same time, it doesn't necessarily need to be overlooked because I think it was done well in its own way. Mm-hmm. No, that's fair. And and like like you guys were saying, Ryan Gosling was awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He brought patriarchy and horses back to yeah. back to Barbie <laughs> world. Yeah. Those the main the macho dojo casa house. Yeah, mojo dojo dojo casa house. Yeah. And every time they would do like a panoramic shot of like that cul-de-sac where Barbie lived, there would be like ten TVs, and on every TV it was the same yeah. horse running. <laughs> it wasn't even different shots of horses; yeah. it was just the same one on yeah. everyone. And dude, like the this the 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 line it gets me every time. And this was in the trailer where where Ken's like, "Barbie, can I stay over tonight?" And she's like, "Why?" And he's like. Cause we're girlfriend boyfriend. Like the way the way the way he says it. Girlfriend. The way he says it is just so goddamn funny. It's like the way he says it. Yeah, like, and she's like, to do what? And then he's like, I don't even. Know. He's like, he's like, he's like, cause we're girlfriend boyfriend. Like, 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 the, like the sexy Squidward face. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. They, they were basically adult children. Yeah, yeah they were. They lived in a perfect uh, world. I also love the part at the end where where Ken is like. As soon as I found out that the horses weren't the main part of the patriarchy, I kind of fell off the wagon. <laughs> <laughs> he just loves horses. Like, really I, I just don't understand how he goes to Los Angeles and like one of the first things he notices is just like there's just two guys on horses. He know. loved it. He yeah. loved horses. Yeah. yeah. Wild, did you did y'all notice yeah. too the mug shots where Ken just looks like so like happy? Oh yeah, <laughs> mug shot. Yeah. Barbie's yeah. Barbie's like thing said Barbies, and then yeah. Ken said and Ken. On it. I can give my initial reactions real quick. Yeah, go for uh, it. I'm on I'm on Alex's side, man. I thought the satire was not overdone. I thought it was done I mean it was done very heavily, but I think mm-hmm. it worked. I think that's what they were what, what Greta was going for. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fair. it totally played out perfectly in my opinion. I mean, you can just see from the environment that we get immersed into. It's just this it's just the set that they've built for these Barbies, and it's yeah. so—it oh. just looks so ridiculous. It has yeah. to win production. <laughs> yeah. No way this movie yeah. is now in the Oscar production. Yeah. They an excellent Barbie world, and I like—I don't know much about Barbies, but I'm assuming every object in that Barbie world is like a toy that has been created. Or like oh a yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, and I like, thought the like the transition from Barbie world to the extra world was so bizarre that it <laughs> yeah. actually like worked. Yeah, like, yeah. It, you have to travel through like six different modes of transportation to just. <laughs> Go from Barbie world to the real world, and, and it was hilarious. <laughs> it's like why? It was hilarious how they showed too, like when they were rollerblading through the park. <laughs> they they showed the, the set board. like coming together, like the cardboard coming together. Yeah, like that was. So, I thought that was so funny, rather than just cutting it off, dude. Yeah. And no, y'all haven't mentioned Will Ferrell's character. Oh, he was. He was funny. Funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. the part, yeah. dude. Every time he was on the screen, I swear I just could not keep myself from laughing. Yeah, like, yeah. The the part where they're chasing after Barbie and. And they have to go through like the six different transportation, and they have to start off rollerblading. You just see like twenty full-grown men in suits rollerblading down Venice Beach. Yeah. Like, what the hell is going on, dude? Yeah. He had like a little horde too. He was like the <laughs> yeah. boss, and he had like ten minions. Yeah. Like, they would all be like, yes, like, at the same time. Yeah. Like, it reminded yeah. me like, a little bit of like those those like cringe ads, like video game ads, like Mafia Boss Level Fifty. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, level like NPCs going over there, dude. Yeah, yeah. and and his. His role was perfect in that, like, again, expectations going in, he was going to be the big villain. He ended up being a lot of comic relief. 
He was perfect. That was perfect. It was perfect. Josh, like you said, every time he was on screen, he was doing something funny. Yeah. And it was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Let me just finish off real quick and then you start segueing. The, the the when they talked about like I Colin you mentioned it but the the whole question of like humanity like appreciating humanity I didn't think it would get that deep it got pretty deep for a Barbie movie man like it yeah. they started talk like near the end when they have like a Harry and Dumbledore moment yeah in the white it was straight out of the Deathly Hallows part two I'm yeah. telling you man but they like, they just like she experiences the memories of like like one human being. Well, no, or you know it, what I actually saw. Oh, did you those were up? those were that's footage from all the like cast and like crews. Like that's what, what? I, that's what I oh, thought. Yeah. Awesome. I I, I kind of thought that watching oh, it because yeah. I remember like seeing like different like you know obviously like people of different like ethnicities. So I was like maybe that's a cast. Like maybe those. Are the yeah, it was like the. Crew so that's really cool. Yeah, I yeah. Tell that's, that's so know. sick. Yeah. The resolution so, yeah. was so bad on some of those. Videos. Well, it was, yeah, it was like home videos. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just couldn't tell. That's that's, yeah. that's a really good touch, honestly. Yeah. But yeah, no, just the whole, like, you know, just the whole appreciation post. We love a little appreciation post for humanity, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I really liked the scene where she's on the park bench next to the old woman. Yeah. Because you think yeah, she's yeah. never seen, like, what an old woman looks like. And she's just like, you're beautiful. I was yeah. Like, Damn. yeah, dude. That was yeah. really nice. Yeah, that and was The old woman time. was funny. Like, I, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah. It's like, it's was, like go off. That like, was awesome. Be confident yeah. in yourself. Hell yeah. Let's that was go. cool. Let's yeah. go. This movie definitely, like, referenced so many famous movies like yeah at least i was picking up on yeah they did like they did it was it was 2001 2001, 2001 that was a big one mm-hmm. no one no one caught but man i was mentioning the lorax all right just sue me but i was mentioning the lorax the weird the weird barbie was up in a little loraxy building <laughs> and so they had to like climb all these steps to yeah. this like secluded building yeah, true. it was near the start of the movie which is similar to the lorax because mm-hmm. that happens near the start of the lorax and I don't know, that just kind of hit me and like immediately. I was like, wow, that's the Lorax right there. And she was just so funky, dude. <laughs> yeah. Kate McKinnon, man, she was great. Yeah. I think she was one of my probably like, mm, top three, top three favorites in that in that movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just thinking like, man, I haven't laughed that much watching a movie in a while. <laughs> yeah, I'm really thought. thinking about it. I was like actually like audibly laughing in the theater. And that just, I really <laughs> ever do that watching yeah, a movie me too. in the theater. Yeah. I thought, I thought um, Asteroid City that we saw recently was, was extremely funny. And this one yeah. surpassed that. I was like, yeah, I agree. I agree. Barbie, I agree. Barbie was funny. different humor. Barbie, yeah. Yeah. Barbie was funny. It was still humor though. Yeah. No, for yeah. sure. Barbie yeah, was more slapstick humor. Mm-hmm. seemed like. Mm-hmm. Just kind um, of. Hit you across the yeah. face. John, John Cena being the the the, 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 the mermaid <laughs> yeah. too. That yeah. was phenomenal, and that wasn't in the trailers at all or anything. Yeah, dude, that came out of left field. That was phenomenal. Mm. Dua Lipa, Dua Lipa's a fan favorite of ours. So yeah. we, were, we were big fans when she popped up. And there's one scene where like. Um, Dua Lipa's like the mermaid Barbie and John Cena's like the merman Ken. Yeah. And she's, she sells like Ken. She's like, you're like my big boy or something. And Alex yeah. like, is like, I wish like I was her big boy. <laughs> like, yeah. that during the movie. Yeah. Yeah. That was going to be my, I was going to say. weirdo, man. I love Dua Lipa, dude. Yeah. I love Dua Lipa. Yeah, I was keeping a vigilant eye out for her in that movie. I was sad that she did not get more lines. <laughs> However, got, from the one yeah, line yeah. she did have, I could tell she, <laughs> she was not a great actor. They asked her to write a song and they just said, alright, you can be in the movie. That's what uh, I think, yeah. yeah I think they, they had her make the song first. Yeah. And they're like, Most of the time she was just sitting there like waving. Yeah, yeah. Hi, hi Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> hi Barbie. <laughs> 
Do we want to get into no, yeah. uh, I was gonna the mention, main plot point? That, uh, that I was going to mention something about the plot. I think it's probably what you're going to Yeah, mention. so we were walking out of the theaters, and we, watched, we went to see with our buddy Luke. And the first thing he said was uh, <laughs> that it is anti-men. And I just want—we just want to like—I think we could just talk about like the feminism of it, and if we agree with Luke's statement. I thought it was like—I actually thought that would be an interesting thing to bring up on the top on, on the podcast, just because like I can see people viewing it that way. Um, but I—I I don't know, man. I don't I think it was that it. deep. It was—it was so satirical, and I, it was so yeah. made to be like this thing that's like shouldn't be taken seriously, but also, you know, should be kind of paid attention to but not like overlooked in any way mm-hmm. and i think that like looking at I, I just didn't think it was trying to get that political in any yeah. way i think it was definitely a, a pro-feminist movie i, agree. Yeah. I oh, wouldn't say I agree. anti-man i agree i completely agree i, I think mm-hmm. it, they poke fun at both sides too mm-hmm. throughout the movie mm-hmm. um, I, luke and i were talking about it like after you guys had left luke and i were talking about it and i can see where it has like its anti-men qualities to the yeah. movie, I think they they kind of there's no man in the movie that is like self aware or intelligent. <laughs> and, and hey, Will Ferrell, man, he's a genius. <laughs> he, he's he's the least self aware character yeah. in the movie, probably. Yeah. <laughs> and somehow he's probably still one of the most self aware characters. Yeah, yeah, true. And I think I don't think it was anti men. I think it was certainly pro pro feminist. Yeah. But I don't think the movie was trying to downplay men. I think it was trying to more so take like a past viewpoint that Barbie was like this perfect girl that that girl should kind of like almost strive to be like mm-hmm. be your perfect self, like get all gussied up and do mm-hmm. do this and that. I think they were able to repurpose that image into like through using like kind of like the feminist movement. They were able to repurpose that image into like. Okay, be your perfect self, whatever that looks like. Like, be yeah. your true self. Live up to who you are, mm-hmm. and whoever that perfect self is to you, strive like you know, strive to be that. And we all have our pitfalls along the way, but just yeah. keep persevering. I also think. Yeah. I also think that. Well, I was noticing this as we we're like finishing the movie, but the Barbie world is supposed to be run by Barbies because Barbie came before Ken. Yeah, and so looking at that and trying to like reflecting it on like modern society, like men started to do a lot of the more like industrial jobs before women, so it's kind of like backwards in the Barbie world, right? Yeah, and I think that's the whole point of the movie is to show that when the Barbie world gets mixed up with the real world and the men become empowered, the Barbie world it just does not work. It nothing clicks, nothing flows. It's just got to be back the way it is. Yeah, and I think that was another thing that. That yeah. Greta Gerwig did a good job at just kind of pointing. Out. I, I have one more point to add to what I was going to say. I think that by like by trying to repurpose Barbie into like what I was talking about, I think that the best way for them to go about that and highlight that was by downplaying like the the, the men's side of the movie because yeah. it's yeah. not it's not yeah. about them. I agree. You know? yeah. I agree. It's Barbie and Ken. I know they were yeah. re- like kind of again like repurposing that at the end to like it's Barbie and it's Ken. Yeah. But I think it what it wasn't about Ken and it wasn't about yeah. like, the Barbie movie. The men. Yeah, it's, it's, about about Barbie. it's about Barbie. Yeah, it's about yeah Barbie. and yeah. and yeah, at the end of the day, like, you know, the, the main you know, the main focus is on female empowerment. Mm-hmm. And I was telling them that like this is the perfect movie you wanna like see with your daughter. 
definitely. Like I would like in this whenever whenever I would want to watch that with my daughter and be like, yeah, like you can do like whatever you want to do in life. It'd be a vibe. Mm-hmm. Like Barbie like this Barbie. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Com- to, I completely agree. To defend Luke a bit, he, <laughs> he didn't dislike the movie. He, he did. It, he he like really enjoyed <laughs> it. He just felt that some of it was anti-men. Mm-hmm. I will say, I mean. It can be sure, men aren't the tar- target it, audience, it, it but I think totally it's for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think that if you dislike this movie because you think it's anti-men, then you are just insecure. Yeah, yeah. like straight up. If you're gonna take offense to the shit they say in the movie, like get over yourself. Walk out. <laughs> like seriously, get over yourself. Yeah, yeah. Walk out. Walk out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and, <laughs> and, 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 and in, in interviews with Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling, she was saying that like one of the reasons why she thought Ryan Gosling was the perfect Ken is because she's seen all his filmography and interacted with him and can tell that he's like very like confident in himself and his masculinity because to play that sort of Ken character, he had to be really confident in himself as an actor and as a man to portray sort of a, a character with like a shallow, like masculine, um, a shallow masculine, like character. And like, I mean, Ryan Gosling is like one of the best actors in today's, you know, society. So I, I think he did a phenomenal. Dude, that job makes me respect I, that performance even more. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because, because he think about it. Like he was basically, you know, even though he was one of the leads, he was a male starring in a female-led movie about female empowerment. You know, if he wasn't secure about himself and his masculinity, then he could have easily gotten jealous and as an actor and not put in as good as a performance as he did, but instead he leaned into it and it was really, really respectable and something that, you know, I'd probably try to take into my daily life. And, and, you know, in terms of being like confident in, in yourself and like co- being confident, like in ourselves mm-hmm. as you are as, as men. Yeah. We, we, are, we, we are, we are cannot. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. I searched them up online. Yeah. I couldn't find like the exact jacket that he was wearing or like sweatshirt that he was wearing. Cause I was like Borg, like Borg material. Yeah. yeah. But the, all the ones I've seen are like Dude, you gotta, basic sweatshirt you materials. Official Arctic Circle, you are enough shirt. Yep, yep, coming soon. By the, by the, time, by the yeah. time this is released, yeah. they're, they're going to have the, the, yeah, the, check the, the merch shirt. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. All right. Uh, yeah. Do we want to give ratings yeah, and then man. maybe yeah, like think, talk about some stuff that like, you know, I wanted to talk about best supporting actor stuff mm-hmm. between yeah. the two movies. Yeah. yeah, we can do that after. Yeah, that's what um, I'm saying, after ratings. So, Charlie, you yeah. go first with the ratings? Yeah, so, you know, again, I, I love the movie. Um, you know, I, I gave Oppenheimer a 9-4. Part of the reason why I gave it above of 9 is because it's really, like... You can interpret it a lot of different ways, and, you know, you can think about it. Barbie was good in that, you know, it wasn't a movie where... That you had to think about things, but to me, it was more, like, easily digestible and stuff. Um, and I still had a great time throughout it. Um, again, with the, the, the satire being a little much... At points, I still thoroughly enjoyed it, but I think that that's gonna put me at like an eight nine. I think that's what I'd I oh, put that's it. So really still, high. so still, still really high, but like I don't think it's enough to give it like a nine in in terms in, in my opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But but I still really respect it. Greta Gerwig is a phenomenal director. Um, I, a Lady Bird, I have rated around the same as that, to be completely honest. And yeah. I would have to think more about which I enjoy enjoy more because they were both phenomenal in their own right. So I'm yeah. sitting at an eight nine. 
Um, yeah, going into this, honestly, I was going to give this um, a lower score than what I'm going to finish with. And just, like, discussing it and, like, realizing how much I just, like, enjoyed this movie. I think part of me wanted to give it a lower score at first because it it doesn't take itself seriously. Especially compared to Oppenheimer. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think that should hold it back. I just loved it. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Mm-hmm. I really, I really enjoyed it the whole mm-hmm. way. Wow, Will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I did not know what to expect to go in the bar- into the Barbie movie. I didn't even know what it was rated. I didn't know if it was going to be like a kids movie or targeted to- towards a more adult audience. Yeah. But going into the movie and watching it, I enjoyed every second of it. My rating is a bit lower than Oppenheimer, but I think I enjoyed myself more during the Barbie movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I'm a, I'm a sucker for some laughs. I love to laugh during the movie. Yeah. I think Oppenheimer was phenomenal. It had its, it had its, it, its extraordinary moments and very well shot, very, but very serious. And I'm, I, like I said, I'm a sucker for some good comedic value, and I think Barbie did that well. So I, I consider Barbie my favorite of the two, but in terms of rating, I think I'm going to give Barbie an eight and a half. That's a, actually a great way to put it. Mm-hmm. I had a much yeah. more fun time watching Barbie than Oppenheimer. All right. yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously we all had more fun time watching Barbie, um, but I, I I can't give it higher than Oppenheimer. I, I really I I was I gave it a four out, four out of five on Letterbox, and I'm gonna stick true to that. I'm gonna give it an eight point three, which is pretty. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's a great score yeah. for a movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the reason behind that is. I don't know. I thought some parts were just a little cheesy. Like I wasn't the right talk target audience in a way. Yeah. Um. Just some of like the, I guess, kind of near the end with just like you have to be who you are and that's good enough for you. It's just like I feel like that was meant for like a fifteen year old girl to hear. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, I still had a great time watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the comedy was was great. I mean, it was it was really really funny. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, eight point three. I that's. I, I, I'm score. starting to yeah. give higher scores for movies lately. Maybe I'm just mm-hmm. watching good movies. Yeah, I'm, I'm I think that's what it is. These <laughs> yeah. are two very good movies. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised how good both of them were. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've had a very very good day today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Um, want, yeah, I want to talk about like you know these movies were hyped up a lot, and I think it's pretty amazing that they both lived up to the hype. Yeah, I agree. Like yeah. for me personally and like critically, they've both I agree. had like reviewed extremely well. Yeah, yeah, wasn't disappointed at all. Could have yeah. easily been disappointed by one or both. Yeah. And overall Barbenheimer was just an electric experience. Awesome. And something that we're probably never able to like do in our lives again. Yeah. yeah. Like I mean the odds of like two, you know, blockbusters coming out on the same day. Well, yeah. Mama Mia and the Dark Knight, they came out. In true. And, yeah, true. <laughs> part of it's not just the fact that there are two blockbusters, but how different, different they yeah, are. Yeah. Um, it's just awesome. And yeah. that's that yeah. that could segue into that talk if you want to talk about best supporting actor because yeah. oh, wait, I mentioned quick, this real quick. Second official Arctic Circle podcast movie rating Average. I think I said that back. 8.68. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. So uh, I'm not writing that down, but whenever this podcast airs, I'll re-listen to it. I'll make a note of it. Yeah. And we start start logging movie averages. This was our first official movie review podcast. Yeah. We've talked about movies. We've never actually reviewed them after we yeah. watched them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So with that, we can transition into Best Supporting Actor, yeah. Oscar nominations, and... Then we can start closing off. Yeah, and and literally, you could not get more different in best supporting actor nominees 
<laughs> from Louis Strauss, uh, chairman on nuclear arms, versus Ken from Barbie. <laughs> yeah. And and yet yet both actors like I just keep I've I've been thinking about both performances in my head, and just each time I go one way. I swing right back to the other, and I'm just like, oh, like th- this other guy did so well. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. is like a big part of what made Oppenheimer as good as what it was, but also Ryan Gosling was too. Yeah. And it- it's just, I I have no idea at this point who I would vote for. And maybe maybe if we talk about it, we can kind of come to a consensus, but like both did such a great job with what they were given with, and both deserve an Oscar, um, but ultimately only one of them will win. Yeah, I think it will be one of them. Yeah, I mean, it's maybe someone it's else comes in. And I don't just know has how. I don't know how. Absolutely it. insane performance it's gotta this be. year. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I don't see anyone topping mm-hmm. either of these. We um, can do the same thing. Give our initial thoughts, and then just go around and say who we thought was better. Yeah, as like as like a rating. That sounds good. What's, so our, what's our time looking like? Oh, it's it's been kind of close. Hour to two. and twelve. Right. Damn. Yeah. Do you want to just like say like three, two, one, and then just rip off who we think is better, like no. all at the same time? We'll give I our, agree. We'll, let's give our initial thoughts. We, we okay. Given our okay. Thoughts. But yeah, we can. Keep yeah, it I kind of did already, so y'all got it. Keep it brisk. Okay. Sure. Um. Yeah, I think. Um. Yeah, like you said. Both performances are completely different, um, but they like you said, yeah, you kind of nailed it. Oh, but don't I, give away who you're gonna vote for. Yeah, okay, I will say I am also conflicted because I think that Robert Downey Jr. has deserved an Oscar for a while, yeah, just yeah. for what he's done. And I will say the Oscars play that like they they take that into consideration mm-hmm. when they consider Oscars. If someone hasn't gotten one before and they've been nominated a lot, uh-huh. they consider that. And then you know Ryan Gosling. Was just like uh, he was amazing too, and he's also been in so many amazing movies, and hasn't. I don't know if he's ever been nominated. Maybe for First Man. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know about um, nominations. Definitely has not won. But one. like, yeah, like Blade Runner, Drive, La La Land, Blade Runner, 2049. Oh, oh, are you saying you're talking about Gosling? Yeah. Oh, oh, word. I thought you. I thought um, you said Downey Jr. Yeah, Drive, La La Land. Um, there's a few others. Yeah, he's awesome. Mm-hmm. I think both of them deserve one. Downey mm-hmm. Jr. has been nominated for two Oscars. I can look up Ryan Gosling really quickly. Yeah, yeah I mm, I feel like if I start talking about who I think is better, I'm going to give away what my answer yeah, is. Yeah, that's why I, I, I have a pick. <laughs> I do have a choice. I, I definitely have a pick. I think they both did exceptionally well. Gosling was nominated um, for two Oscars as well. Okay. I think they both did exceptionally well. However, I think one of them did better to to bring the movie to life than the other one did. I think one char- one char- one of the characters, if if they weren't in the movie, it could have still been done. But in one of them, it couldn't have. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know <laughs> you're gonna vote. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I'll just keep it super simple. Um, I mean, Robert Downey Jr. Man, he played. A character that is very different from a lot of the characters he's played, and same with same with Ryan Gosling. Honestly, I mean Ryan Gosling has played in a lot of like dramatic romances before, um, so he kind of knows how that works. But Downey Jr. Man, he had to adapt. Yeah, he is. I have not. I have not seen him in that you know type of setting where he's acting so intensely and seriously, yeah. and it just really uh, made me, it made me have a whole like new appreciation for him as an actor. Yeah. Um, and, and Ryan Gosling, man, like, like the way you were saying, Charlie, how he just was so confident in himself to yeah. portray that role just, just adds to the respect that I have for him as mm-hmm. a person. 
not really as an actor, as a person. Yeah. And yeah, I'm not going to say any more, but I know who I'm let's, going for. Let, let's, <laughs> do, let's do three, two, one, and then we'll say either you want to say like Strauss or Ken. Okay. So, so right. whoever you choose, we should do that okay. at the same time. Okay. Right. Rip off the band aid. All right, count us down. All right, three, two, one, Ken. Yes. Was that? I think that was three Kens. I said, I said Ken. I said Strauss. Three Kens. Yeah. Strauss. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Based on what he? No, just no, no. Yeah. I was, I was, I was. Yeah, I thought it was Ken too. Yeah. Like Strauss was so important. He was. I'm, I mainly, I'm choosing Ken because I think it's more fun overall. Mm-hmm. I think it's more fun. Like, yeah. Downey Jr., I would not be mad at all if he won. He definitely deserves it. But I think Ryan Gosling doing as good a job he did as Ken from the Barbie movie, like, I just think that that would be such a fun Oscar win. So fresh and maybe something that can draw younger viewers into the Oscars and into cinema in general if Ryan Gosling as Ken would win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it could be good for movies in general. I mean, no, it was not mm-hmm. an easy choice. No, no, no. And you can't go wrong. I don't fault you at all for yeah, choosing no, Robert Downey yeah. Jr. Yeah. Dude, I was Stick like, guns. Yeah. simply put, yeah. I was like enamored by his performance. I just couldn't get enough of it. Yeah. He was I just like, yeah. like Stroud, like Robert Downey's performance was like spectacular and he stole pretty much every scene he was in. But like I just like I couldn't get enough of Ken. He was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Neither neither could I. I, just wanted, I wanted Ken yeah. to be on the screen all the time. Like, every time he was on there, he was making me laugh. Yeah. That choreographed dance that he oh, had. Yeah. I was oh, dying during yeah. that scene. And just and, his and, facial expressions. Yeah. And, like and, and like I said, that the Barbie movie wouldn't have been the same without him. Nope. I think Robert Downey Jr. is extremely hard to replace in Oppenheimer, but I think the movie still could have had as grandeur of an, of an effect without him yeah. or like replaced by someone yeah. equally as good I, I disagree with that but I see what you're saying whereas yeah. I, I think I think Ken was more in, in, integral to like the main storyline of Barbie where if you were to take both characters out both movies would be drastically different but the Barbie movie would not have been like mm-hmm. nearly yeah. the well, same. Yeah. Whereas Ken, Oppenheimer still would have had his stuff on his own. In Bar- Ken yeah. lives in Barbie's world, and yeah, you know, Strauss is kind of doing his own thing yeah. in the movie. I think but, I think it would have been hard to replace. Like, even if we're talking about in terms of like replacing those actors, I think it would be near impossible to replace Ryan Gosling as Ken. However, I think someone else could do Robert Downey's Downey Jr.'s oh, okay. job. Not okay. to the same degree, but uh, it could be taken over. I, oh, okay, I see what you're saying. I yeah. think I, misint- I, 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 I think I mis- misinterpreted. And that's what you why, yeah, before. that's why I thought Ryan Gosling as Ken was a better. Ah, uh, okay, too. yeah, okay, yeah. I, I thought he was more integral to the story too. Yeah, that's kind yeah. of what I was. Oh, getting no. at. Okay, I, I got you. Yeah, no, that's why, I agree. I agree too. Yeah, mm-hmm. part of the reason why I chose Strauss was just because I was just loving every second Dude, he was on the screen. It was so good. He stole the show. When they were having the hearing and he was just having to like give all of his models about everything, I was just like, oh man, dude. Yeah. RDJ is he's locked in. He, he is, is locked he's the in. goat. He's he is the goat, and he and deserves an Oscar. His versatility as well. is just not being recognized. I don't think yeah. by a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, no. And it's just like obviously Ryan Gosling is very versatile himself. But yeah, I think it's time RDJ bags one, and that's why yeah. I'm on Team RDJ. Yeah, I and, and hey, I would I would root for Let that to happen bag. too. I'd be super happy. Yeah. Well, um, we are we are gonna <laughs> close this off. Yeah. Um, I will say that super quick, yeah. we actually never brought up Killian Murphy once. Did we not? Oh my we god. We never <laughs> said his name. 
I think oh I, will say, I think both of the I don't think we ever said I think I think I think I mentioned him very briefly but I didn't go like super in depth into him I was gonna say I think both of the lead like Margot Robbie and Killian Murphy also deserve yeah yeah I think that 100% I mean the talk is more interesting for the and I think Killian Murphy is like an obvious best actor yeah like it's gonna take something monumental to maybe Chalamet and Dune yeah I yeah, the only one. Yeah. I think I think we kind of like overlooked those and what we were talking about is because like they were just so stunning, just like outright that like yeah. all, of us, all, of us, all of us, all of us, kind like, of yeah. knew that they were that that yeah. like yeah. that top tier. Yeah, but the listeners might get mad if we hadn't yeah. touched on it. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, how can you not talk about this? Like the act, like Oppenheimer. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like between us, we know, but yeah, yeah, for listeners, maybe not. Yeah. So it was, it was good. Can't believe we went the whole hour and whatever not talking about Killing Murphy. We basically <laughs> recorded a movie. <laughs> we did. Yeah. We almost recorded the Barbie movie. Only 25 were missed. You would have <laughs> Yeah. Let's just play the Dua Lipa song on loop That's the rest just... of it to fill in the space. Oh, I, I saw that like the Bobby. I saw a video. We were, I think me and you, Colin, were talking about uh, Ben Shapiro released a review oh, of Barbie. Yeah. And it was 43 minutes. It's a 43 <laughs> minute long YouTube video. And all the comments were like, you know, it's bad when Ben Shapiro can, can basically make a review that's like half the size of the showtime. <laughs> like, just like how, how, like, like off his views are from like everyone yeah. else's. Yeah, he, he, he was yeah, just, he's just, just so just talk about anything for a while. So out of touch with reality. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, that was just a, like a last side note. I just thought yeah. of uh, what a yeah. day to make out of Barbenheimer. <laughs> it was electric, <laughs> July twenty second, twenty twenty three. As we approach the wee minutes beat. of of the day, yeah, was gonna be hard will forever beat. be Barbenheimer Day, and it was it was incredible. It lived up to all of it. All I right, appreciate y'all. y'all having me on. Yeah, no, oh, again, again, as, everyone yeah. loves you, man. All the fans love you. Yeah, I know. All my all my millions of fans on 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 uh, threads. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, we had yeah. a we had a fantastic Barbenheimer special episode for the start of season two. We got exciting things to come. Uh, we may have another movie episode coming out soon. Oh, we will it's because <laughs> we, we are yeah. going to want to do a like a summer. What was our favorite movie we watched over the summer? And I think I've watched plenty of movies. Alex, you watched a couple. <laughs> Josh, we watched, we watched, watched a ton. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. So I have I have a couple in mind. Um, so that'll be it. that'll make for interesting podcasts. We're we're slowly becoming a movie podcast. Uh, hopefully that doesn't that doesn't. <laughs> Next stay. episode we'll do something different. Yeah, we'll I just get roped into whatever movies you guys watch and <laughs> talk about them. But uh, yeah, we hope you guys had a good time with us. Um, the Hopefully the audio should come out okay. We are having some difficulties today, but next episode should be phenomenal, auditorily speaking. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, with that being said, my name is Josh. Uh, this is Alex, Colin, and Charlie. And we are the Iceman, not Charlie, just me, Colin, and Alex. <laughs> we are the Iceman of the Arctic. Ice <laughs> Iceling, Iceling. No, no, you're an ice, ice Cube? Ice Cube. Good answer. He's Good an answer. Good answer. Let's see what's on the board. Ice Cube. <laughs> but uh, we, are, we are the Iceman of the Arctic Circle. Um, thank you for listening, and stay icy until next time. Peace. Peace.